Hi everybody, my name is Chad Kelly. Today I'm going to be speaking with Greg Zog, one of the local estate planning attorneys here in Salt Lake City. We're going to be discussing estate planning and how it applies to physicians. Hope you enjoy. Greg, thanks for jumping in on our podcast today. Um, for those who don't know you, um, you're an estate planning attorney. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where, where you practice, how long you've been practicing? Uh, so my office is downtown Salt Lake City. I've been specializing in estate planning for about 15 years and um, really enjoy helping people with estate planning. Great. So Greg's one of the attorneys that we refer a lot of our clients to. He does a great job with physicians. Um, the McCullough Group is uh, the group you practice with, right? And, Correct. Um, well, perfect. You know, I guess to, to kick it off, this is an area that is sometimes confused, but what does an estate planning attorney do? Yeah, good question. Um, generally, we help people plan out uh, their estate as far as the transition um, when they go and who's going to be in charge, who's going to get their assets, any restrictions on those assets, um, avoiding probate, uh, mitigating estate taxes, and generally just carrying out the individual's wishes upon their death. Yeah, just like medicine, I imagine there's uh, attorneys that specialize in different areas, and yours is kind of focused in on this. Yes. Well, perfect. Um, I guess most people listening to this podcast are going to be physicians, so I guess, do physicians differ from your other clients, I guess, in ways of state complexities? Do you find they're the same or different variations? Yeah, one of the main differences with physicians is that they're generally more conscious and sensitive to uh, risk as far as um, risk of, of a lawsuit or other types of liability. So a lot of times um, physicians want help with mitigating some of that potential risk that they have. Yeah. Do you find they, they amass their wealth, I guess, different than some of your other clients? I, I imagine some of your clients are business owners that... Um, you know, sell a business and get their wealth in one transaction, you know, whereas physicians, I guess, it, it differs, I guess. Yeah, physicians, physicians generally have a, a high income and, you know, have to work for their money. They're, you're amassing that over, over time, over the years. Yeah, so I imagine there's probably different considerations with, you know, protecting the assets over long periods of time rather than at one singular moment when they get their wealth and whatnot. Correct. Um, I guess one of the, the million dollar question we get from our clients is, you know, should I have a will or a trust? You know, why don't you explain, I guess, when you, when you hear that question, what types of questions do you ask yourself or be, ask the client to help answer the question? Um, generally, my answer would be yes. Yes. <laughs> um, most people, most of my clients have a will and a trust. Um, a trust is going to be the, generally the best way to avoid probate. Um, if you have any types of real property, a house, a vacation home, land, um, a trust is generally advisable. And so sometimes we'll do just a will for individuals that are renting um, and maybe don't have children or, or other reasons that we would want the structure of a trust. Okay. I tell everyone that, you know, that everyone, everyone's got the one crazy sibling that they don't want to raise their children and a will is where you can specify and make sure that doesn't happen. Is, is, is that accurate? 
Yeah, for, for anybody that has minor children, um, that's one of the, the biggest things is who's going to be in charge of my children if something happens to me? Who's going to raise my children? Um, and the will allows you to list off in order of preference who you would want to do that. And so there's no confusion. Um, it, it helps avoid fights or, or misunderstandings in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, that way uh, my brother's not remodeling his basement with my life savings. and Exactly. You know, perfect. Um, actually, let's, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit. So you, you mentioned, you, you said the term probates. That's a term I think most people have heard. Um, but most of us, it, it, I guess it's a little gray. What is probates? Or you, you said a lot of your efforts protect against probates. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so probate's really just a, a fancy word for the um, court process that you potentially have to go through um, at death to get access to assets. So for example, if I own a house in my name and I die, um, my spouse and or children would have to go through probate process to be able to sell that house because now that I'm gone, I can't sign the deed to transfer the house. And so a judge has to give somebody legal authority to sign that deed. Yeah. You know, I guess there are some advantages to probate. probate. It's an orderly process um, overseen by a third party and whatnot. But for the most part, I I think most people would agree that it it can be a headache, right? Yes, it can be an unnecessary expense, headache, um, and a a process that takes time. Everyone's heard the nightmare stories of grandma who passed away and all of her kids battle over the estate and it takes years to, to break out the, the estate, right? And this, is, this can be a product of probate, right? Yes. Yeah, there's lots of different things that um, we can do to help avoid those fights. There's different ways that we can structure things and different provisions that we can put in that help um, incentivize people to get along and to not fight each other. So typically, typically if someone says, I have a will, you know, would, would that help them avoid probates, or would they still go through probates, I guess, with just a will? Um, yeah, that's a common misconception. So generally, the will is what is probated. Okay. Um, so a will really doesn't help you avoid probate. It, uh, a will is just going to allow you to name who you want as your guard, uh, guardians of your children um, and who gets your stuff, who's going to be in charge. Okay. So if you had a trust, though, it, that would for the most part, allow you to bypass probate. Correct. If, if you set things up properly, a trust can help you avoid probate. Um, most clients that have trusts do not have to go through the probate process. The reason being is assets such as real property, your house or land, um, is titled in the trust. And when you die, there's a new trustee that can sign on behalf of the trust. And so you never have to go to court to get authority to sign on behalf of the trust. Perfect. So I guess that let, let's go a little bit deeper into that. Titling your assets. I mean, like my 401k, I can list beneficiaries. My house, I can't. Yep. You know, different assets have the ability, you know, life insurance policies, you can list the beneficiary. What, what, you know, what are some of the considerations you typically go through or advice you give, I guess, around those types of assets um, with the trust? It, yeah, it really depends uh, on your situation. Um, what types of assets you have but as a general rule if you have a trust you would 
for most types of assets, you would want the asset to either be owned by the trust okay. or to have the trust as a beneficiary. So like your house would be owned by the trust. Move into the tr under the trust, I guess. Correct, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, most retirement plans, I guess, uh, 401ks are tied to the individual, and so it's, it's a little more tricky, I guess, to move those types into a trust, but ones that don't have a beneficiary, like that sports car that you have, I guess, or, you know, whatever. Um, trust is probably the perfect answer for that. Um, well, perfect. Um, another consideration that physicians have is they say, I want to add additional protection around my assets. You know, what, what you, you hear the term um, revocable and irrevocable trust thrown around. You know, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the different protections around each of those or the differences between the two? Yeah, so that's a, a common question. Um, most estate planning trusts are revocable trusts, meaning that you can change them anytime you want. You can put assets in, you can take assets out. You, you still own those assets. Yeah, they're really, really flexible. But because of that, they don't really provide creditor protection. Okay. Um, generally, for creditor protection, there's different tools that we can use. We can use irrevocable trusts, which just by the, the name, it kind of um, helps you realize that it's a lot less flexible and you're tying your hands a little bit, although there's lots of different things that we can do to, to keep it um, pretty flexible. There's also uh, LLCs that we can set up to protect certain types of assets. Um, there's other protection strategies that we can use. Uh, and it really depends on the individual, what types of assets they have, what types of li potential liability, um, and uh, other factors. Yeah, you know, we find different specialties within medicine have different um, malpractice exposure, I guess. Some yeah. specialties are sued more often or named in malpractice lawsuits. And a common question we get is, you know, how do I protect, you know, can I protect my house if I were in a nasty malpractice suit? Um, I guess the short answer is it could be. Yes, yeah, there are definitely ways to protect most of your assets um, and it's just really on a client by client basis looking at the pros and cons um, based on the types of assets you have in your situation um, looking at the different tools and, and which tools might work best for that individual so yeah I mean it could probably be you know, something as simple as titling assets in a spouse's name versus your name or correct having a trust a separate trust for a spouse versus yours and yes and these are this is where it can get complex and get into the weeds a little bit where um, if Chad Chad's trying to figure this out on his own and drafting it up in my my living room on my computer my own trust this is where I'm likely going to screw it up potentially <laughs> we, we do see that sometimes yeah, another uh, another term we hear thrown around are asset protection trusts I, I guess you know is that something unique to Utah is it something that you, you find it's more beneficial here in Utah than other states, or is it kind of the same across the board? So in Utah, we're quite fortunate to have a good asset protection trust statute or law. Um, asset protection trust generally refers to a irrevocable trust that you can put your assets into and also remain a beneficiary of those assets. Um, so in some states, you don't have that option if you put assets into an irrevocable trust. You can't be a beneficiary 
and still receive credit or protection. But in Utah, if you follow the statute and you do the, the necessary um, steps and, and procedures, uh, you can very much protect your assets and be a beneficiary um, of those assets too. Great, great. Yeah, I know estate planning laws and rules differ from state to state a little bit, and so it's important that you have someone who knows Utah's rules, I guess. Um, another concern that people have is they hear the term estate taxes. You know, if, if you, I, I picked up a, a financial planning book written in like the 80s or 90s, and one of the considerations that was mentioned over and over again is estate taxes. It seems like you hear about it a little bit less and less now. Why is that? Um, really, the last few years, the estate tax exemption has been um, historically astronomical. Yeah. Um, even you know, 15 years ago or so, the estate tax exemption was a million dollars, and now it's 11.4 million dollars per person. And so, really, for a married couple, um, you could have 22.8 million dollars and still not pay any estate tax. And so for most people, estate tax isn't a real concern right now. Um, that could definitely change in the future uh, if the law changes, but as of right now, today, um, for most people, that's not a concern. Yeah, we definitely work with a number of clients that that, that would be a concern. Their um, estate would exceed that $22.8 million. And so in theory, they could be liable, I guess, to pay estate taxes on everything above that, which is a hefty tax. And so yes. this is where it could, it could make sense to say, you know, we, we need to sit down with an estate planning attorney, make sure that we don't cross that threshold and end up paying estate taxes. I guess our yeah. be beneficiaries end up paying that. Yeah, because there's lots of, if you do have estate tax exposure, there are lots of measures that um, we can take to mitigate that, to make sure that your um, spouse and children aren't going to have to pay any estate tax upon yeah. your death. So, I, I mean, historically, it's probably been as low as like a million dollars was the estate tax threshold, right? But Not too long ago, yeah. Yeah, not that far distant past. Um, now it's around 22, 23 million. It, is it there to stay? I mean, is this something that like was signed into law to last um, for a long time? It, it'll, it'll be that way until I think it's 2025 um, when it sunsets. And at that time, it could be renewed. Okay. Um, it could be changed before then. It yeah. could be uh, if there's a new administration um, and uh, the the power in Washington changes. Yeah, um, that can very easily change. So as the tax code is altered and shifted, and different policy shifts depending on who's our commander in chief, some of these rules and regulations will change. So it's, it's a little bit of a moving target. So for, I yeah, guess for that reason, is. you know, if if I'm in my 30s and I set up a trust. You know, is that trust going to last me till I die in my 90s? Or is it something do you find that your clients revise or revisit? Um, most people would revisit it over, over time. Uh, as, you, as time goes by, things change. Potentially, who you have in charge when, who you want to be in charge when you're 30 is not going to be the same when you're 60. Yeah. Um, and you know, your situation changes. Maybe you get divorced or maybe you get married or um, maybe if you have, there's issues with your children. Um, there's all of those things can be reasons that you might want to um, modify your estate plan. Yeah, personalities change. Yeah. Situations change, family dynamics change. Absolutely. So, you know, for someone who's, you know, just out of 
you know, medical school or training and, or, or mid-career, you know, what's, what, how would you advise someone go about setting up a will and a trust? Yeah, so really um, you'd want, I would recommend that you find somebody that uh, focuses or specializes in estate planning. Um, and you also want to start thinking about some of those things. Who would I want to be in charge of any minor children I might have? Who would I want to be in charge of my assets when I'm gone? That, um, who should get my assets? Those and points that you just mentioned, couples fight over that. Yeah. This is not something no. that's <laughs> Yeah, so this is something you, you want to think about and, and maybe have some, some discussion um, with your spouse if you're married or your significant other, um, if that's the case, before you really come in to, to work on your estate plan. Yeah. It's, it's good if you at least thought through some of these things and discussed uh, some of these things with, with your significant other. Yeah. Well, perfect. You know, we, we find that you know, most of our clients, they're, they're good savers. They do a good job you know, getting on track for retirement. But this is often a hole or gap in a financial plan is having a good estate plan. And so this is something we'd encourage our clients to you know, sit down with an attorney, um, go through the different considerations, making sure that you know, if you were to pass away, that you wouldn't create a nightmare situation for your kids where they can't get assets or you know, selling the house becomes a nightmare. And oftentimes, you know, the, the few thousand dollars or whatever it costs to set up a trust or a will is just a drop in the bucket compared to a client's portfolio. It's worth every penny to protect the vast majority of the portfolio, right? Yep. Well, perfect, Greg. Thank you for taking some time. Um, appreciate you coming in, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.